0: There we go. We got a like. There we go. Well, that's awesome. I like when we're on the ball and where everything's flowing good and everything's working good. I like that. Uh, so, guys, listen. By the grace of God, we are moving forward in everything that we're doing, uh, and we need you guys to stay a- a- abreast about what we're doing and how we're doing it. So, guys, please comment down below if you're listening to this. Uh, tell us where you're from. I love, I love uh, hearing where people are listening from just found out on SoundCloud we're in 28 countries now uh, which is awesome so people are hearing the message of the of the gospel and liberty all over the world and uh, we, we we're just happy about that we're so we're, we're so excited about that and I'm so sorry guys we didn't have the sound uh, on and, and so please share this video with your friends and we'll get right into it um, listen we prayed just before this and I hate doing podcasts by myself and I'll tell you why because my mind works in about 50,000 thoughts and, and I'm saying 50,000 where it's like, and so, whereas Mike can focus on the thing in front of him, I I'm just not good at that. I'm really not good at that. And so we, um, we're really happy, uh, that, that he's on vacation. I for, however, am very flustered that he's on vacation, uh, because there's been a lot going on. My wife was just in the hospital Uh, over the weekend and uh, she's good she's fine now Uh, she had some kind of infection in her kidneys or something I don't know and then too we have one of our employees that's leaving us today so we're going to talk about that a little bit later so it's just been one of them weeks okay it's about time that I just let loose on this podcast and tell you hey I'm a little perturbed I'm a little angry about things one of the things I'm angry about is distractions and we're going to talk about that today i get really frustrated with distractions guys comment down below if you do too who's joining us on the youtube world so we got a few all right rock and roll guys again comment subscribe get on the stuff we're going to stay laser focused so let's do let's start off with some news bits elijah let's start off with some let's start off with some news let's 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 do let's do let's do Are the thing do the five minute timer nah i'm not i'm not gonna do well i might who knows? Guys on Instagram, thank you so much. We're live on Instagram as well, which is finally awesome. I love being on Instagram uh, because we get a whole different crowd there. So, guys, news bit number one. <laughs> Listen to this Oakland NAACP begs for more cops <laughs> amid heyday for criminals. <laughs> I just started, I started thinking when I was talking to Elijah about the story. I'm like, um, Duh, you know, like, uh, like, uh, what? It, what did you think was gonna happen, right? Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna get into it, okay? The Oakland branch of the NAACP says that thanks to the city's failed leadership and the movement to defund the police, crime is rampant and everyone's in danger. In a blistering op-ed, the NAACP slams the city, including DAA, the, the district attorney Pamela Price, for public safety spiraling out of control. The op-ed then continues, Oakland residents are sick and tired of intolerable public safety crisis that overwhelmingly impacts minority communities. Murders, shootings, violent armed robberies, home invasions, car break-ins, sideshows, and highway shootouts have become a pervasive fixture of life in Oakland. We call on all elected leaders to unite and declare a state of emergency and bring together massive resources to address our public safety crisis, reads the letter. They then go on to say this. The district attorney's unwillingness to change and prosecute people who murder and commit life-threatening, serious crimes and the proliferation of anti-police rhetoric have created a heyday for Oakland criminals. I look, man, when I was in the world and stuff like NWA, like some of these rap groups were like my favorites, right? But man, when they came out with the songs, the F the police, you remember those? Like, I don't know if you remember those, but like, so it started there. Now, what are we saying that the cops were always good? No, definitely. There was racism there and all these other things. But the anti rhetoric police sentiment has been around for a long time. The bottom line is, is, people hate obeying law. And so then they go, well, we need to fund it because there's some that are killing blacks. And it's like so then they move on this to fund the police thing. They finally do what the people wanted and then slam. Now they're mad because they can't get uh, uh, crimes punished. You hear where I'm going with this? It makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah, I know. Listen to this. We urge African-Americans to speak out and demand improved public safety. It continues. We also encourage Oakland's white, Asian, and Latino communities to speak out against crime and stop allowing themselves to be shamed into silence. Shamed by who? Shamed by who? The same people saying that we we need the police? The same people saying we need law and order? I just, this is, this is. You know, I just, I'm just like, what is going on here? What, what the devil, what the devil?
1: My thing is, I, I, I think it's funny how they're saying they're, they're encouraging the white and Asian community, which the white community, they've been purposefully trying to silence like the past five years hardcore now
0: and now they're saying why aren't you speaking up about <laughs> yeah, it like, uh, but we is what <laughs> we is and we do and we have right now listen to this listen to this here's here's another here's a, so let's move on to the next story just just go online and look the, look look it up <laughs> you know i mean what did you listen what did you think was going to happen when your own state won't prosecute crimes under a thousand dollars of theft What did you think was going to, dude, I'll say it again, Ecclesiastes, we're actually talking about that today. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, I believe chapter 8 says this, because punishment against an evil work is not executed speedily. Evil, therefore, is set in the hearts of men to do it. If you don't punish crime, others will begin to do it. That is biblical. See what happens when you remove the Bible? You remove common sense. Next story. Oklahoma governor signs women's bill of rights to protect girls from out of control gender ideology. Yeah, I just listen. Thank you, Oklahoma governor Kevin Stitt. Thank you so much for standing on behalf of women. Thank you for saying we need to define what a woman is. The problem is, biology already did that. Now we have to Mm -hmm. sign executive orders by government, to define what a woman is when the Bible already defined what a woman is. Common sense defined what a woman is. Male, female. Listen, an electric plug-in to a wall defines what a male and female is. (laughs) Whoa. You know? Your iPhone charger defines what male and female is. (laughs) Whoa. I just got to read it. It's it's pretty it's I mean it's cool, but we needed an executive order to define what a woman is? Anyways. I'm grateful. I really am. I'm grateful, but I'm just what I'm what I'm lost about is what the heck, right? It says this, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt signed a women's bill of rights law into action on Tuesday, and the executive order, which you guys know what I feel about executive orders. Uh, the executive order defines that sex-based words like female, woman, and mother protects women's only spaces. We're taking a stand against this out-of-control gender ideology that is eroding every foundation of our society, the very foundation of our society, which is true. It is eroding the foundation of society. We're capitulating and submitting to less than 4% of the population with this kind of stuff. Right? Right. It says this, we're taking, I'm saying, uh, it says today Governor Stitt is telling my young daughter and the millions of other Oklahoma women and girls that he has their back and they no longer have to fear for their safety in private female-only spaces, said Summerlin Cothran, a certified Oklahoma woman business owner and senior vice president of Investors Relations and Independent Women's Forum and Independent Women's Voice. In Oklahoma, we protect women. Today, the definition of what a woman is, is solidified for women-owned businesses like mine and for women entrepreneurs throughout the state. Without the governor's executive order today, that distinction would soon cease to mean anything. Listen, what I don't like about executive orders is what? You guys have heard me talk about this a thousand times. When an executive order gets signed by one, if the next governor's not of the same opinion, he can undo that executive order and create his own order. This is what I don't like. This is what happens when we involve government, even in the basic biology that God created. Do you guys, I've said this in sermons before. One of the biggest problems we've run into in America is we've made sin votable. Allow me to explain. The next issues now coming up are, are you for transgenderisms or not? Are transgenderism rights or not? Are you for abortion or not? Are you for same-sex marriage or not? Are you for, you see what I'm saying? All of that is issues of sin. And so now we've made sin votable. Now we have to let government tell us what a woman is? and what a man is, and we need a governor to sign an executive order because his Congress is too spineless to say, no, we're not going to allow this to happen in our state. So now the governor has to go and say, I have to play the authoritarian, sign an executive order, and say, women are women, and men are men. It's an assault on women, and it's an affront on men. And you know what, I I, I do, again, I'm, I'm not against what he did in the sense of that's a really good thing to do. What I'm against is holy crap that we needed a governor to do that for us. Does this make sense, dude? And I think that's where I'm at with a lot of this stuff. I hate the the, the, the executive order route because all it does is it gives the president more authority. It's saying that the president or the governor or whoever is signing an executive order has somehow this arbitrative authority over the state. That is not the way their systems are supposed to be run. It's not, look up their order, look up their powers. And it's scary that we even have to go there uh in in, in that way. So, anyways, guys, the, I'm I'm just I'm I'm dumbfounded. Is is that is that the right word? Dumbfounded, astonished, Dumb, uh perturbed, non elated, flabbergasted. Flabbergasted, uh shocked. I that's not a word. I just made that up. <laughs> I made it up. Um, so guys, okay, guys, again, go to truth.com. You guys can find out more uh, information about what we're doing here and how we're moving forward. Now, let's get into what we're going to talk about today. I don't want to make this too long, uh, but last night I spent some time thinking about what, what we should talk about. And on Wednesday night, we had a church service, and and y'all know me. We're political. We're also very uh, on the things of God, and I know that's really I know for some they can get away with doing politics and then some of God, Uh, and some people can say we're totally about the Lord and then get involved in politics, but not understand the Constitution and the rule of law. And we depend on a President Trump or some guy or some woman to fix everything. That's what we need to do. That's what changes things. Um, And and we're right in the middle of it both. We're we're really we we understand the Constitution. I love liberty, a hundred percent. But what I'm afraid of is. the distractions that come, not just in our personal lives, but when it comes to politics. And, and I'm, and I'm scared about it. And I, and I say scared because I'm scared for the body of Christ uh, in a lot of ways in America, not in, in other countries. Cause I can't speak to uh, to other countries and four other countries. I can speak to our own state here in Florida. There are many good Christians who are fighting the good fight of faith. I know many people in Arizona. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Mich- Michigan. I'm sorry. Uh, I know people in California. I know people, Uh, in many other states, Texas, that are fighting the good fight of faith, who want the Lord in all of their process. But then when it comes to things like where we get distracted, so on Wednesday night when I was at church, I just kind of said this line, and I hope you guys understand where I'm coming from, because I'll I'll elaborate and explain more. It just felt like people come in heavy to church on Wednesday nights, and um, I kind of got frustrated about it, because our church is very into the political sphere, where we're looking to uh, be involved as the church has a voice in the political sphere. Uh, so, so, and if you want to debate me on that, bring it, let's, let's go. And I get tired of even talking about this, like that. I have to debate that I could, I can, I can smoke that argument, but we were there and I was doing a lead into worship. And I said this from my mouth, I said, listen, I don't, I'm going to step on all the toes here for a minute. Some of us would rather drive three and a half to four hours to go to a Trump rally and support our president than to be at church sometimes. And that's a scary thing. And I heard this cool breeze or I felt the cool breeze go through the crowd and some oohs and ahs. And I didn't care about that stuff. And what my intention of that statement was this, how many of us are more interested in what the political candidates are doing now than what, what God is doing behind the scenes that we can't see? Because even in his silence, even in what he's not doing, he is still moving. Or what we think he's not doing, I should say. He's still moving. He's still organizing. Things are being upended and destroyed. Things we can't see are being exposed. That there are real prophets in this land that are calling out the crap that is going out there on in America. There are real apostles standing for the faith. There are real teachers and pastors of the gospel. You're just not hearing about them. And so my, my statement was more, more on this front. We want this temporal gratification, and we'll focus all of our attention on this temporal gratification of saying, hey, I want to go focus on my, my my favorite political pundit. It could be Trump. It could be anybody. It could be DeSantis. It could be Biden, Newsom, whoever, whoever the people are, whoever you focus on. It could be your favorite uh, players, your baseball players, all these things. And we would almost say, I would almost dare say, the entertainment of the, go- like, the entertainment side of the church, the make-me-feel-goods, has kind of overtaken our discourse in a lot of ways. So I'm going to get into what is a distraction and how to watch out for those things, and what that really means. What do we focus on? What do we focus on? Guys, share this video with your friends, because I think it's going to set some people free today, and uh, we're just appreciative that you do that. So what do we focus on? What is the end for ourselves and our ministry in this life? What has God called us to do? And I think that distractions play a massive role in our not accomplishing God's will due to us taking our focus off of others and focusing it on our passions. What makes us feel good? And the Bible's clear about these things, and I'm going to explain. The vision that God gave us in our lives to individually fulfill has one only one purpose and end to it, to glorify him, to glorify Christ, right? President Trump's been indicted again. He just pled not guilty, all these other things, and I'm seeing a lot of Christians focus on that. We need to make sure somehow he does this and make sure he gets free so he can run for president, blah, 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 blah. And I've asked many Christians when they bring that stuff up to me, hey, dude, when's the last time you spent time in prayer and worship? When's the last time you spent time in the word? And they're like, well, you know, it's kind of been like, yeah, you know, I've just been distracted lately. I've just been, you know, and I asked this question. I asked this question a lot yeah. to people. And it's like, I go to the Lord because I'm just as frustrated about, to me, what's going on with Trump, it's bigger than a witch hunt. This is insane. This is insane what's happening to the dude. The fact that, uh, what's her name that just ran for governor in Georgia? Uh, Stacey Abrams, uh, Kamala Harris in 2020 said that this election was a fraud, that they came out as a, uh, Hillary Clinton wrote a book about it, that the 2016 election, I'm sorry, it was 2016 election, was a fraud. All these people were saying it was a fraud. It was bad. It was no good. Nobody got prosecuted for it, right? Nobody nobody had anything. And the fact that he probed in the, you know whatever you feel about this election, stolen or not stolen, whatever you, whatever you feel about it, the fact is that a dude is saying, hey, I, don't, I felt I was wronged. What the flip is wrong with him saying that? Other than if he's wrong, he's wrong and he's a kook. If he's right, then we should probably prosecute those who made it happen. So now what you're doing is you're silencing free speech, right? So I'm on the train with you. I'm on this train. I'm on the train of, hey, we need to make sure that truth is out there in the streets. We need to make sure that truth is, is, is implanted in the people. We need to make sure that it's getting out there to the people. I'm with you. But what happens when that takes more of my focus than the word of God, than prayer, than scripture? This is why we're fasting on August 8th. Make sure to mark this on your calendar. This is exactly the reason why we are fasting and praying on August 8th. You know what I mean? The, the reason why is because the our American soldiers, when we declared independence, could have easily focused on how big English government was. They could have focused on we're never gonna win. There's no way, we have no will to win this. We don't have the people. Matter of fact, John, uh, George Washington wrote, I think in his journal, he said, we're neither in arms or people prepared for this. But if our cause is just, as I most uh, religiously believe it to be, the same God that has afforded our providence in the past will go on to do it again. If our cause is just, God will be with us. So even though we are doing these things and seeking out these things, is the focus of what we're seeking more important than seeking the Lord? and what he wants us to do about it. So in other words, are we focusing for temporal answers here that might get the can kicked down the road? Or are we asking God for the mission to do exactly what we, what, we, what, we, what we have been called to do? Are we being distracted? So this morning, and Elijah and I were just joking about this. This morning I was thinking about the distractions and I was writing the, the I, was, I was writing the podcast this morning, uh, literally on the term distraction. And I got on my phone to look up some scriptures. And all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, a, a new YouTube short about I Y, Z. I can't remember. I think it was about a car because I love old cars, right? Yeah. And I started watching it and I flipped through a couple. I got on this tangent for six, seven minutes that my distraction got a hold of me. How many of you guys can relate to that? Comment down below. Honestly. My gosh, dude, I, I got so distracted. I was like, oh my gosh, it just happened. That when I'm seeking the things of God, Martin Luther, uh, the reformer once said, when I start to get into the word of God, I'm paraphrasing. He said, a thousand hindrances come my way. The moment I get up and start to seek the God, a thousand hindrances come at me. How many of you guys can relate to that? Comment down below or comment on Instagram. I think we focus a lot on what the enemy is doing instead of what God is doing. King's Muay Thai gym. Amen. Thank you for joining us, guys. King's Muay Thai is on. Amen. Amen. And so let me get into this. What is what is the vision? Are you, do you want to talk? Do you want to say something? I'm sorry. No, you're all good, man. Keep going. What is the vision or mission of what we're called to do? What is it? You know, I have this young woman here who who is 14. She's been working for us for close to a year, I think. And I think about the life she's about to lead, and she's going to go do – And what she's called to and she's had us as brothers to kind of help i mean were we there every second no but i mean like whenever she needed something she would call we've been to their house we've helped pray over her room we've helped pray over her we think about the people we're discipling what we're going into and i start to think about if we adopt the principles of being distracted and not seeking the lord what legacy are we leaving to them if we're trusting in the merits of temporal things right now, what we can fix, what we can do, how much energy we put in it. And the Bible says, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. When he says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then while I hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. He will forgive our sin and heal our land. Not a president, not a governor. He will. Because as we get the mission from him, I don't put my trust... In princes, and horses, and chariots, like it says in Psalms. Some put their trust in chariots, some put their trust in horses. I put my trust in the name of the living God. I put my confidence in the name of the living God. So what is the vision or mission? Listen, this is the Christian's basic vision and mission. Isaiah 42, 6 through 7. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I've called you to set people free. So in our pursuit of trying to get things right politically, in our pursuit of trying to find out truth, in our pursuits of trying to do these things, is God being glorified and our souls being set free and saved? Or are we focused on what we want to do because we want someone to fix our problems? We put all of our effort and our emotion, and the Bible actually says in Colossians, set your affection on things above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. So do we put our focus and set our affection on things above? Are we putting all of our time, energy, and uh, I'll get into that in a minute. Here's another one, Isaiah 52. The Lord has made, uh, bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. He wants everyone to be saved. I just shared something from Malachi. His name will be known among the nations. His name will be. But what has our conduct been to make his name known, right? Here's another one, Isaiah 60. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness to the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen Upon you, the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings of to the, to the brightness of your rising. The kings will come to you because of the brightness that is in you. The world leaders will come to you because of the brightness of what's in you. The Bible says in Psalm 23 that He would even make a table before you in the presence of your enemies. When you're in the will of God and doing what He's asked you and called you to do. I'm sorry, ask. He doesn't ask anything. He He commands us to do. Okay. I hate that. I just felt the Lord ask me. I just felt the Lord ask. Come on.
1: I I feel like we've we've created either a timid Jesus in our minds, or we have we have fully strayed from what it means to follow Christ because we have we have down pat the Christian lifestyle, dude. We have the worship music. We have the going to church every every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for different groups. And then Sunday mornings, both services, if your church does that, man, I give 10% of my, we become that Pharisee that Jesus talks about. The one that goes and kneels and says, thank you, Lord, for not making me like, like the, the tax collector across the, across the way from me. Thank you for not making, for not for me not being a sinful person and thank you for letting me do this and that and and this and there's nothing wrong inherently with being thankful for the lord however if it starts to become a prideful thing you have strayed you're missing the point exactly and and like the tax collector himself if you if you read scripture, it says he he couldn't even look up to heaven because Oof. of how he felt. That Dude, wasn't that wasn't just it like is true. That wasn't just I'm a filthy human. That is hard conviction, man. Yeah, my that,
0: darkness is so great in me, I can't see a Lord.
1: And that is a deep heart feeling. That's not just oh well, I did this, this, and this yesterday, and today I stumbled to my sins. So oh well, I better try tomorrow. It it is a a deep spiritual yeah, wound and I feel like that we have fully strayed as the church body from fully investigating yep. our own spirits and connecting it and realigning it directly with the Holy Spirit and with nothing else. Yep. Not with not with feelings, not with, with thinking, not with doctrines, especially not with doctrines, dude. Dude, I was having a conversation with someone. If you follow any of the doctrines fully and don't dedicate yourself to them, it will eventually lead you to the realization that you need to leave that doctrine. Like, okay. Okay. If say I were a Baptist, right? Following the Baptist doctrine, not, not completely attached to it, not stuck on, on, keeping the longevity of the Baptist faith alive, but focused on God alone, you will soon see that you cannot just go based off of what scripture says. You need to go off of what the spoken word of God is the spiritual end of it. Same thing. If you're Pentecostal dude, if you're going just based off the spirit, you're going to realize there's no stability at all. You're going to realize that you need scriptural foundation and you need
0: something to build your spiritual life on. But that's, so So yes, when your life is based on spiritual matters, when you read the word, the Bible says in John, I think it's six, he says, the food, my food is the will of God. My sustenance is the will of God. I know some of you will say, oh, not your food, Mass. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Some, some comments I get, you know, when I do the little thing, it's a joke, right? I'm working on it. Jeepers. Quit judging. But listen, we we have... I think you said it, when we remain in the spirit of God, he will give us the food we need. He will give us the things we need, the sustenance we need to continue to move forward, to have the answers for the world, right? So listen, I have a question for everybody. What is the vision that God gave for your life to glorify him? What did he purpose and create you for? And let me, let me explain why I'm asking you that question. I asked this question to one of our ministry leaders yesterday. Do you know where you're bringing the people to? Do you know where you're going with them? Do you understand where you're walking them to? And you know what that person said to me? They go, no, not not really. And I said, I think that's the problem. So when you speak, you speak from your heart, but the anointing is not there to break the yoke because you're not after breaking the yoke. You're just doing the thing that you're doing. It's just it's, it's a it was a training teaching moment, it was a discipling moment. She wasn't doing anything wrong or sinful. It was just what is the vision? And it got me on this thought, distractions. Have we been distracted from the vision God gave individually, each one of us? Let me just give you a couple names here. Valerie Scott, Gloria Tucker, Massey Campos, my dad. I mean, uh, let's see. Uh we have others on here like Anastasia. We have uh we we have uh Chris Tyson, we have others, we have all on these people. Uh, that on Instagram right now, people on Rumble. like What was the vision individually that God gave you to do on this earth? What did he create you for? What was the mission he put you on, right? We get so distracted by the issues going on around us, we neglect the vision that he put in front of us. And I think what happens is when we lose vision, when we lose the vision of what we're called to, we get sluggish, we get unproductive, we get in our emotions and our feelings, we start to feel hopeless because our vision no longer is reliant on Christ being the center the center of my life, the one who is the author and the finisher of my faith, the one that where the Bible says, he that began a good work and you will perform it till the day of Jesus. When we lose our focus of what we're called to do here, we start to grab at things, especially in the media or in our personal lives or politically, to anchor ourselves on to say, this is my mission. I'm going to go do this. And we lose the focus of what God has truly called us to do. Yes, to figure out where the false is and to call it out, but also to remain in him, to save souls, to set them free. That is really the mission here. It's always been our mission, right? And so what are we seeking? Listen, here's a couple questions. Are we focusing our efforts, our emotions, time and study on the recent Trump accusations, but not on scripture? Just a thought. Are we focusing our efforts, emotions, time, and study on false flags, but not false teachings and preachings? We focus on the false flags and, oh my gosh, so what government's doing today, blah, blah, blah. But yet we'll go to, some of us will go to churches where they tickle our ears. Some of us will go not even listen to sermons anymore. We'll listen to false prophecy. We'll listen to false teachers because we don't know the scriptures. We don't understand what God laid in front of us to do what we're called to do. That we're supposed to be living sacrifices unto God, right? A people not, that, that, that a people, we're, we're supposed to be committed to the works of God. We're supposed to study and show ourselves approved to God. A, work, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Are we focused more on things that are temporal? Listen, are we focusing our efforts, emotions, time, and study on slander against our favorite people, but not the slander against our children, not the slander against our Lord? Right, We'll share articles and do all these things with all of our friends, but are we willing to take note and take heart of what's going on with our own children? Are we focused more on what Breitbart says about XYZ than actually pouring into our children, studying with them, teaching them diligently, walking them through prayer, teaching them how to fight spiritual warfare? Are we focused on the warfare going on out there and not focused enough at home? where it really begins, where the revival begins is our houses, right? Because like you guys, I'm I'm involved in this fight. I'm calling out the evil. We're going out and traveling and speaking, calling out the crap that's going out there in government. We're calling out the falsehoods. We're calling out this. And it, again, we just talked about executive orders, all these other things, the falsehoods, the, 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 the crap, and all the junk that's going on. There. We're doing it. But I fear, Elijah, and we were just talking about this, is my focus more on calling out the crap, finding out what the next podcast is than what God is trying to tell me for the people? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, I've had to ask myself, sit down with these questions. I've had to ask myself so many stinking questions to get real with myself because you know what happens? We don't want to get real with ourselves sometimes because we don't want to know it's really us. When the Lord is saying, get real with me. Get real with me. I feel like a lot of the time, even... It, it's not even
1: the the obvious things that can distract us, dude. Sometimes we get distracted by the blessing that the Lord puts in. Front oh my of us gosh, dude! And I the have, promise, I have like we. I think of the story of of Joseph when he's promised something when he's, um, when he's like twelve years old or whatever, and he gets a the coat. He gets the dreams. He starts bragging about it because he's a young kid. He doesn't understand it, and then for the next forty years of his life, he just goes through through pitfall after pitfall after pitfall physically and spiritually he he holds on to this promise but it's not the thing that's holding 100%. his faith together he doesn't get distracted from from what the lord has in front of him because he's he's not focused on what the lord has promised him he's focused on where the lord has him in that that's very right
0: moment that's right i think paul if you look at his whole life you notice that he never got distracted by uh, Pharisees, he called out and said, "Hey, beware of false teachings. If you haven't heard that kind of gospel preached by me, then don't listen to it. Right? Yeah. If anyone comes in, preaches another gospel, let him be accursed. If an angel comes down, let him be accursed. Right? He did those things. But you know what he said? In in all of my trials, and all of my sufferings, and all of my shipwrecks, and beatings, and sufferings, you know what comes upon me daily? The care of the churches. He knew his mission. Yeah, he knew exactly what he was called to do." So he knew he would have to eventually confront the political leaders of the day. He knew when he was going to go to Asia or whatever, he was going to get crucified. He, or I'm sorry, killed, not crucified, killed. He knew he was going to die for the faith, but he knew his mission. And dude, the book of Acts actually talks about, I think it's in chapter 17 or 19, where it talks about they were going to go to Asia, but the Lord told him, no, go a different way. He told him twice, right? Do you know how in tune with the spirit of God you have to be to hear that? All we're doing is trying to do the right thing. What I love is, number one, they stay focused on the mission to go save souls, right? But they didn't keep their eyes off of God. They kept them on the Lord. So while they were trying to do the right thing, the Lord said, not yet. I'm not sending you there right now. Do You know what I mean? Yeah. How many of us are doing the right thing, but we're not focused on the Lord to tell us, not now? Don't release that now. Don't speak like that now. Don't put that out now. Not now. Not right now. I need you to focus on me. I'm glad you're doing that right now. That's good. You're doing your good works, right? But that's not what I want you to do right now. Don't go that way. Don't read that thing. Yeah. Right? Don't get distracted by that. Because they could have easily justified and said, Lord, but we're going to go reach the people, the Gentiles. We're going to Asia to go reach the people. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to go fight politically. We're going to go do all these things. But they listened to the voice of God. And are we listening to the voice? of This is a reproof just as much to me as it is I'm giving to you. Because as I receive it, I'm giving as well. I'm walking this thing out with you guys. And the reason why I want to do this is because I was never taught this stuff. I had to learn this stuff the hard way. And I don't want to learn the hard way. I want to learn by the voice of God that he's telling me, stay focused on what you're called to do. Dude, you know
1: why I feel like we, we have gotten so we We can get so off track so easily in in the distraction realm. I think it's because we have told each other, don't pray for patience. I think I, I think that's that's not the root of it, but that is one severe problem that we have told each other,, oh, don't ask God for patience because he'll make you wait a long time. And we, we scare each other into not asking the Lord to make us be patient, to help right. us understand what patience really is. And that causes us to, to further sink into the instant gratification-centered uh, society that we have today. It causes us I to I can't become, deny what you're
0: saying is true. It, it, we
1: become so easily distracted because we don't know how to wait.
0: And I think, yeah. And so like Saran said on... YouTube, he said, we don't see it because of prosperity. eh? I think you're right, Siran. I think because we've learned to prosper on our own, do we really need the Lord to tell us what to do and to to, to confirm the word that God gave us? Do we really need him? Right? And so look, I'm going to continue here. Our vision, and I had to really go through this, our vision and self-evident, and for my own life personally, is to see the gospel translated to all people, and and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys a little insight into, into what that means. I've never been good, and, 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 and I'm not saying I'm not disciplined. I've never been good at five- and ten-year vision plans. I'll tell you why. My mission's always been to go preach the gospel. But my second mission, I believe, is to talk to people about what true liberty means in Christ, what it means spiritually, and what it means in the physical. This is why I fight for American ideals, because the founders codified it in the Constitution, in a Declaration of Independence, in a Bill of Rights, and etc. I believe that's what my mission is. That's what self-evidence mission is as well, right? And it says this. We, we, our, our mission is to see those things preached throughout the nation. And we've done a lot. Uh, that, we have, uh, that we have an end in sight to save souls, to build and disciple leaders, and to see the nation transformed through repentance and a godly return to him, right? We want the nation to come back like it happened so many times in the past. Even right after the revolution in the 1800s, you saw... Uh, universities go secular. They started to be agnostic and then they call for another great awakening and God allowed it to happen. So that's really our mission. How? I get this a lot. How are you going to see this happen, Mass? I get this so much. How do you have all this peace and hope and joy? And I literally say, I don't know, but I did not sign up to be a Christian to serve a God that would just tell me, well, you served me so that I wouldn't move on your behalf. I didn't sign up for that. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see a God that told me to sit back and let evil happen because that's what prophecy says. I never saw that in Scripture. You know what I saw? Hebrews 11. I remember reading that chapter and crying, saying, Lord, if you did it through them, can you do it through us too? I may not be the one. I may not be the guy that it happens through, but if we can train people to walk in righteousness, maybe it'll happen through them. I've accepted that. If I never see the fruit of the prayers that I've prayed over this country, over our schools, over our kids, fine. As long as it happens. Dude, if revival doesn't come in my time or our church or whatever, I don't care. As long as it comes, what do I care? We just prayed into it. My job was to make sure that God was glorified. Not that we have a bigger following on Facebook. The flip cares about Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Who cares? Who cares? This is so temporal, what we're fighting for, that we need somehow someone to hear our message so that it can get transmuted to millions. Because if we can get on Fox News, it'll happen. Seriously? Dude, God sent messengers to people to get the message to them. He sent angels to people to get the message. Do you think he needs Fox News? Do you think he needs Breitbart? Do you think he needs our useless words? No, he decides to use us and I'm honored to be used. Just like we should all be. So, while I'm focused on the fact that there is a witch hunt against President Trump, while I'm focused on the fact that the Bidens are getting away with all kinds of bullcrap and the Democrats never get called out, while I'm focused on all these things, the the Constitution being eroded daily, while I'm focused on 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 um, uh, uh, schools that, that that are doing good, but there's also many that are not doing good. Well, I'm focused on, hey, we got to get involved as a church politically. Well, I'm focused on all these things. I'm sitting here thinking, Lord, you can do it again, though, because I've seen it in history and many people have read and written about these things and it's happened to them. So if it, ha- if it happened through them, it can happen through us, too. But these these things that we focus on don't even matter Because people are fly by night a lot of the times. They'll come and listen and, yeah, rah, rah, sis, boom, ba, And they leave you the moment they're done with you. And if they do that, that's fine. I don't care. I don't need you. I was never called by you. I was never called by man. I was not ordained by man. I was not ordained by Facebook, Instagram. I was never ordained by their comments. I was never ordained by their praise. I was ordained because God saw fit to put the word of God in me to go preach the gospel. Same with you. You were ordained the moment you were saved to go talk about the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ to the masses. You were ordained and commissioned and called to preach the gospel, how he transformed your life. And we're supposed to go do that to the world. And yet we get focused on the dumbest things and the, the distractions that happen. And I'm here to tell you, listen, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, stop. Stop. Focus on what God has called you to do. He'll do the rest. Because he knows you're going to be obedient. You're already walking in it. Now pull back a little bit. Focus on the Lord and watch him work through you through all these issues. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, and I I like this this comment Gloria Tucker just wrote. You have righteous anger. And yeah, yeah god has righteous anger we have righteous anger but the thing is the difference between our righteous anger and god's righteous anger is that the righteous anger of man does not lead anywhere good yeah he says it does not create the righteousness of god right that's what the bible says and that's why with with the the anger that we feel about everything going on we submit it to the lord and we give it to the lord Because at the end of the day, we physically can't do anything without him. dude. I I don't know why I personally have ever tried to go a single day without praying, without focusing on the Lord. Well, you and me
0: both, dude. I mean, not that I don't pray, right? But it's like when my focus has been turned off, because, dude, I've done it. I've been distracted by these stupid things. I've been distracted by, man, we we didn't gain any followers. Did we gain any supporters? Did we gain this? I've been distracted by that. And God, yeah. forgive me. The mercy of God on my life said, dude, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. I, we didn't even have, what, what was I going to We didn't even have um, social media for the first three or four years of the ministry. Because we didn't want to focus on that. Like, it wasn't our thing. And then people were like, yeah, you, need, you, you need social media, bro. It's like, okay, cool. You know, so, So we started doing it. We don't have the following that most people have. Right. We're not we're not good at this stuff. We're not good at the and we will be eventually we'll be good at what we do in Jesus name. We're going to be good at this. Yeah. And, and transmuting the gospel. But, dude, if God could reach the masses through 12 people. <laughs> does he really need all this or can he do it himself?
1: He can absolutely do. it. Oh, himself. my gosh. Dude, dude, think about what Paul writes. And I think it's in first Corinthians. I forget which chapter but he says. It's by grace that I'm like this. Ooh yeah, dude! It's literally only by grace that we are. Yeah, not he said, only oh, here. With the
0: grace of God. Yeah, he said I was formerly. You were formerly once these things, but then God, who was rich in mercy, it was His grace that did it to me. You're right, and it's only His grace that we can do any of this, dude. It's only
1: by His grace that we can actually walk through this life and have peace, dude.
0: Have serious peace, so, man. So listen, let's go to Ecclesiastes. I don't know if you have the map, but watch this. Ecclesiastes, last scripture down here. Ecclesi- e- Ecclesiastes. <laughs> okay, I'm on coffee. Ecclesiastes. See, we're good at this. Amen? Huh? Share that. So everybody turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. I think it's 13 yeah, and 14. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. We're going to go through scripture. Okay, listen to this. This is the conclusion of all things. When everything has been heard, it is this: fear God and keep His commandments, because this applies to every person. In the King James, it says, "Hear the conclusion of the whole matter: fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, is to fear the Lord and to keep His commandments." And verse fourteen says, "For God will bring every act of uh, uh, every act to judgment, every." Thing which is hidden whether it is good or evil i think what we want to do is make sure that our thoughts are judged right away like our perception of the evil going on out there should be judged right by our standard when we're not seeing that god is going to bring all that crap to light so i don't have to get frustrated flustered all these things i have to have a righteous anger towards sin right and going out there and reaching the lost my anger should be directed at the enemy right? Not a political pundit. It's the enemy working through them. So God will bring all revelation to light. He's going to reveal all the stuff that happened in the dark. You're probably right. A lot of you that are saying that there's the deep state. Of course, there is. I, I'll tell you, I'll say it. There's no way Joe Biden is running this country and his, and his cohorts. There's no way. No way. There's something greater that's happening right now, right? So if there's something behind the scenes that we can't see, well, don't we need to trust in the one that we cannot see, but we truly know has saved and redeemed us? Yep. And I actually take that back. I have seen glimpses of the glory of God. I've seen so many things from, from, from the power of the Lord. I've walked with him in prayer. I've talked. I've seen. And you can call me crazy. I don't care if you call me crazy or not, because I know my God. I know what he's done in my life. I know exactly what he saved me from. So if I can't see the things that are happening right now, who can I trust to uncover and expose the things I can't see? The one who sees all things and will bring all act to light, right? Now listen to this. So the purpose of life is to fear God and obey his commandments, but every life eventually comes to an end and we will stand before God who will judge every work of our lives, both good and evil. Therefore, we should live our lives in the reality that life is brief And then we must give an accounting to God at the end. We're going to give an account for everything we've done. We need to ask ourselves, what are we doing with the life that we've been given? Are we wasting it, living selfishly for our own glory? Are we living it in obedience to his word? How are we living the life that God gave us? I'm all for politics. You You guys are awesome. I love that you guys are involved in this ministry. I love that you're listening to the podcast. I love that you're exposing the evil out there. But the end of it is this: Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Open your Bibles. Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. We should actually type these scriptures out if you can. Do Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. Isn't that crazy? 12, 13, 14. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. (laughs) Colossians or Ephesians chapter. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 to 14. We're going to read this one. Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Here's this one. Colossians says this. Walk in wisdom toward those that are who are outside. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. You know what the word redeeming is? Make the best use of that time. Make the best use of it. Walk in wisdom towards those that are not godly. Walk in wisdom, not in anger, not in frustration, not in judgment. Walk in wisdom. Teach them the things they don't know. Walk in wisdom that heaven has given you. The Bible says in the book of James, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God. He will give you all things. Walk in wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you're walking in the fear of the Lord, you'll have that wisdom, right? So the end of our duty is to walk like him towards them that don't have Christ. And then he says this, For we're to walk wisely, outwardly. Our words and actions need to be full of grace, seasoned with salt. It says in Colossians 4, 6. Our words, need, our words and actions need to be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Always with grace, the empowerment to overcome, and seasoned with salt, so it's good to taste. We should be able to speak that kind of wisdom. Here's another one, Philippians 1:27. 1, Philippians 1, 27 what is our conduct before god listen only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of christ so that whether i come and see you or i am absent i may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel see when we get them saved then we can disciple them in the things of government and the things of you know works and work and do all these things right If we don't know how to conduct ourselves in the world, what we begin to do is pervert the name of Christ by us being fleshy, being passionate about things that aren't His, and not listening to the Spirit of God. If we don't teach people how to hear the voice of God through the Spirit, we're done. We're we're not going to walk like He walked. We're not going to be like Christ. We're not going to walk in those things. Here's the last one, Matthew 5. We should all know this one. I'm sure most of us who study the Scriptures understand and know this one here, okay? Check this out, Matthew 5. 14 through 16, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Listen to this. You are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put, a, uh, put it under a basket, but they put the lamp on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify who? Who is in heaven. And it says they. It doesn't say those that are redeemed by Christ. It says they, that they may see your good works and glorify. Look at Daniel, dude, when he disobeys Nebuchadnezzar's order. Was it Nebuchadnezzar? Yes, the king. Remember when he disobeyed that whole prayer thing, you know, you got to pray to to only the statue, but he's praying, you know, to his God and he knew it. So he left the window open. The people came, arrested him. Right. So then he gets thrown in the lion's Then Yeah. But he holds firm. Now, listen, Daniel was in government. Daniel understood his role, but he never left glorifying the name of God. So then the lions don't eat him. The king unearths the thing, right? They go get Daniel out of there and he threw his accusers in. And then the king ends up saying, you know, the God of that dude, (laughs) we don't even know who he is, but we're going to serve him. We're going to pray to him. Boom. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. If you can do that, you've won the day. So be careful of the distractions that happen out there because they become distractions of taking you away from the things of God. Focus on the things of God first, and those things won't become distractions. They'll become something for us to pray into, to give answers for, to make sure that we're the light in, to walk in wisdom with. So we don't look like fools out there. We actually look like Christians. We look like Christ followers. We look like disciples of God in those things. That's the whole message today. Be careful of the distractions. Stay laser focused. Stay laser focused on the mission that's been put in front of you. See? Now, there are some of you who... I'm sure, aren't saved. And and you'll listen to this and you'll go, man, that guy was crazy. He was yelling on the thing. He was getting crazy. That doesn't sound like, and I don't care if you think that's crazy or not. I really don't. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm more focused on, Lord, what do you want to do in this moment, in this season? And what are you calling us to as far as faith goes? But I'm going to say this. I pray to the Lord of God or to the Lord of heaven that you guys get saved. I pray that What we do here is glorify Christ first, not a political pundit, not a constitution. We glorify God first. Then he puts the rest of the stuff on our hearts. That in the beginning of time, God created you. He created male and female, I should say. He created all things. He said, Adam, go ahead and go tend to the garden. Whatever you see here, you can eat of it. You can pluck of it. You can take care of it. You're supposed to tend it. Then he gives them a beautiful wife and says, hey, this this is the wifey. Go for it, baby. You know, go multiply, be fruitful, go do all that stuff. So then the the serpent comes in, right? Because there's a tree of knowledge between good and evil. And the serpent comes in and says, hey, you know, did you know if you eat that from that tree, you're going to be like God? He's like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Right? But Eve's like, yeah, you know, it looks good, I guess. So she takes a bite. She goes and offers it to Adam. Adam's like, all right, I'll do it. Because, you know. Relationship goals, right? You know, we just want to we want to chill with each other. I don't want to no tiff about a fruit. I'm just kidding. But they eat together. They end up in sin. They clothe themselves to hide themselves from God because they figured out they were naked. They expose themselves in a new nature, a sinful one. And God can't abide with unholiness. He cannot do it. So then he kicks them out of the garden. He says, look, for the rest of your days, this is what's going to happen. You're going to work hard. You're going to do this. You're going to till the soil. Women, you're going to be rearing a child, child, you know, child birthing and things like that. And this really weird thing happens: sin entered into the world through Adam. It did, and it's it's weird because like nobody can trace where sin comes from in the science world. You can't say how is right and wrong, who determines it, uh, what is right and wrong, because there's no standard to abide by. When the Creator is the one who gave us that standard, because it's an error, it's in our conscience. That's why I always tell atheists you don't know where it comes from, but it's already in here. There's a, there's something in you that says that's wrong. Lying is wrong. Murder is wrong. You weren't taught your, I bet you your parents didn't say, don't kill anyone. I don't think that was a topic of conversation. It's already innate. That's called the conscience. It says in Romans, you've been given that, that thing by God. Okay. So then he goes on and we see sin throughout the land. We see what sin can do, but we see the righteousness of those who submitted to God can do. So we see this parallel and all these things and sacrifices and We needed to be righteous before God. So these sacrifices were committed by putting our sin on undefiled little lambs, you know, and things like that. And God said, you know what? He started, they started depending on their prayers and their sacrifices to redeem them. And God's like, but your heart's not changing. There was a chapter in Isaiah, I think, where he's like, I'm tired of your sacrifices and your vain oblations. I just want you to love me. I'm tired of all your works. I'm tired of all these things. How many of us walk like that today as Christians? I'm tired of all your works, dude. Just love me. Dude. You know what I mean? From the very beginning of time,
1: God has wanted nothing more than relationship with us. Bingo.
0: And that's the part that we're missing, man. We really are missing that, dude. We really are. So then in the end, man is still sinful. We don't know how to clear our name before God. We don't know how to say Lord. So one day the Bible actually says this. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment, we're all going to die we're going to stand before our maker with the sin that we have in our lives. What is it? If you don't know what sin is, look up 1 John 3:4. It's breaking God's laws. If I stole and if I have blasphemed the name of the Lord, if I've created other gods before him, if I've done these things, and some of you will say, this is a really creepy God. No, it's not. Because you do the same thing with your friends. When your friend doesn't call you back and there's like, if there's hiddenness behind the scenes, if they trash your name in front of someone else, you get pissed off too. See, you 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 put something on God that you yourself do. No, God is a righteous God. He's holy. We are not. And so he's looking at us going, you know, I just want you to love me. But since our hearts aren't spiritually turned, there's this thing that happens where he comes on earth. He becomes a man, Jesus Christ. And he says, you know what? I'm going to take on the punishment. I'm going to take on the sin of man. I'm going to do it. The Bible actually says he was tempted in all points yet without sin. And the cool thing in Hebrews, it says... We don't have a high priest that doesn't empathize with our weaknesses. He empathizes with it. He knows we're, we're struggling. He knows we have this, uh, this, this, this flesh that is constantly attacking us, but Christ never gave in to those things. And yet because of his righteousness, it shamed those who are around him like the Pharisees, put them to shame. So then they called out to destroy Christ, and they succeeded. And Pilate's like, I want nothing to do with this dude, right? But then he dies. And the craziest thing— One thing that was really hard for me to grasp in my head, why did he need to die for my sin if I committed the sin? He needed to so that I could have a right relationship with God. Read Isaiah 56 and Isaiah 54. I was separated from God for my sin. And we needed a Savior. We needed a Redeemer. We needed a sacrifice to atone for. So then once I, I remember, I'll never forget it, when I was 21, I said, Christ, Jesus, I don't know you, but I trust you. I trust what you did. That's all I said. I trust what you did, and I'm going to walk out my life as if I trust you more. So I did. I was like, I have nothing else to trust in. I knew my sin before God. I was committing adultery. I was, I was, I was blaspheming. I was lying. I was stealing. I was doing all the things. And the Lord saved me and said, I'm going to transform you and give you a new heart. So he took my stony heart, Ezekiel 11, I think it is, and he put in a new heart of flesh to get to know God. And so that's what I asked for. I said, Lord, teach me the ways of Christ. And so he did. And for the last 21 years of my life, 22 now, 22 years, he has shown nothing but goodness to me. He's shown nothing but kindness to me. Even when I screwed it all up, even when I messed it all up, even when I made this wrong decisions, when I got distracted, he was still there saying, just come to me, just come to me. And I think we make the stupid mistake of trying to clean ourselves up before we go to Christ, instead of God cleaning us up when we go to him. Cause he's the one doing the sanctifying. I can't sanctify myself. Imagine dude, if we, wet ourselves and cleaned ourselves with a towel before we got in the shower elijah if we
1: tried to clean our car before taking it to the car wash yeah
0: what a waste of time right then you don't need the car wash yeah same thing i need god for everything every little thing i do i need him for because he gives me life and sustenance maybe that's you maybe you need jesus maybe you need to just pray to him and say lord i trust you jesus i finally get it i'm going to trust in what you've done for me i'm going to trust and repent of my sin and forget, just forget that stuff. I don't want to walk in the wisdom of myself anymore because it's brought me down to the pit of hell. And that's all it ever does. That's all it ever does. It's bring it to the pit of hell. And for those of you who need Jesus, I'm just praying for you right now. That, Lord, you would grant them repentance. You'd grant them salvation. You'd give them the heart to pray to you. You'd give them the heart to seek you. Because that's what you did for me. And you're gracious and merciful and awesome. And, Lord, we're so happy that they made this decision. We're so happy that they said, I'm, going to seek, I'm not going to seek my own. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to surrender my life to God. And that all of heaven is rejoicing because of one. And I thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I think, too, it's befitting that we talk about that little girl right there whose her last day is today. Her name is Trinity, t doll, Ice-T, she is uh, leaving us to go to a different school, so she can't come and work for us on the weekends, which is really, really crappy, but it's just an honor to have had her on the show and, and to hear her wisdom at 14. Remember, she joined us when she was 13, and she was dropping nugs, and uh, we just, we, we're just so excited for her and what she's walking into, her and her brothers, uh, her brother and sister. Uh, her family's just taking a whole new direction with their, with their schooling, so they're not going to be homeschooling anymore. They're going to school. Uh, and, and so it's, it's exciting. And at the same time, we're like, but our little homegirl going to leave us. So guys, we're just going to pray over her. We're going to say, uh, we bless you, Trin. Thank you so much for joining us and our team. And we love you kid. And we're always here for you. Um, and when you decide that school sucks and you drop out, come back. I'm kidding. Don't, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, no, I'm kidding. She well. needs to get, no, I don't want her mad... parents mad at me. Shut up. So we're going to pray over her right now. So if you guys would join us, that would be fantastic, okay? So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just bless your name today over Trin. And I thank you, Lord, for the calling you've placed on Trin's life. We thank you, Lord, for Trinity and for the, for the family. I was going to say your name. I don't want to do that. But I just thank you for their, for their family, uh, her parents, her brother and sister, that her household has peace, that the peace of God will rule their hearts as they walk in the things of you, Father that there's no peace, not walking in the things of God. And I pray you infuse that right now over her in Jesus name, in the mighty name of Christ. We thank you for Trinity, for her um, selflessness and wanting to do this at that age, um, that her love towards us was felt and that we knew she was with us from the, from the moment she started. Um, she'd been here in the podcast, Lord, for so long and loved what we did. And we were so grateful to have had her. I pray that we were a good example to her and the Lord that she knows she's always got brothers to watch her six. And that, Lord, if anyone tries to mess with her at school, open the door for me to go in. I'll take care of them. I got this. But well, Lord, we love you, and we love her, and, and Lord, you love her more than we love her. And I just thank you, Father, for her mission and her 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 part in her life. And we just we bless you, Father. We praise your name in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Trent, see you later, sweetheart. We'll see you soon. Well, I see you at church all the time, anyway. You know, because I am her Bye. pastor. But Bye. also. Guys, if you've not commented or shared the video, do it. That flip you waiting for Get on the blog sites, do all the stuff, get on the crap. I mean the stuff. And, uh, oh, get our new merch. That's dropping. I got a new merch. I got some new merch coming out really soon. Uh, Again, August 8th, we're doing fasting and prayer. Sign up for that. Uh, Not sign up, but, like, make sure you're with us on that day. We're going to do a whole rotation of prayer. Uh, throughout the day for 12 hours straight. It's going to be exciting. Also, uh, don't forget that on August 16th, we're going to make a huge announcement at Revive Church about how self-evident and Revive is working to help the churches um, go after the stuff that's going on in government. We're excited about that. So join us for that. We love you. You got any last words, Trin? Bye. Wow, deep. Just bye? Yes, that's all you guys because Because she, she was going to cry. So look at her. Yes. She's tearing up. She's like, Look at her. She she's tearing up. Did you I'm kill your? Up did you Lord. Did you kill your lizard, by the way? No, I didn't. He's you fine. don't bring the lizard no more, so I thought she killed it. When? when? I, you yeah. haven't brought him. I was just saying, I thought she no, killed it. I, I, I didn't think it was work profession. To bring oh, it. look at that! Most people could learn that, professionalism, right, Elijah? Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Love you. We'll see you guys on Monday. God bless you. Bye. Bye.